Aren't you glad that he's watching you? Oh, tell your neighbor, he's watching me. Oh, somebody, somebody didn't say that. Say, tell your neighbor, he's watching me. Yes. If his eyes are on the spare, I know he's watching me. Because when you think about it, uh, Jesus not, did not come to die for a spare. Oh, I, I wish I had somebody in this church. Jesus did not come to die for a sparrow. I got a few people with me in this house. Let me, let me check this out. Jesus did not come to die for a sparrow. Oh, now I'm talking to somebody. But he did come to die for a sinner like me, like you. I'm so glad that he died for us. But he didn't stay in the grave. Because early, tell your neighbor, early, Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. And that's why I can sing. Because I'm happy. I can sing because I'm free. How am I free? He died to set me free. I sing because I'm happy. I'm happy because I'm free. I'm free because he died. Tell your neighbor, he died for me. Hallelujah. Serve an awesome God. We see it right there in our morning reading uh, by Minister Moore. Elder Moore read Hebrews, second chapter. Did he not? And did he not talk about how Jesus, uh, the writer said, Jesus came to be like man, not like angels? Said, Jesus. Uh, Die for man, not angels. So when you look at the text, it points out that he came to die. That's a very powerful statement. He came to die. And we already got excited just before I started the message. Because we know the testimony that because he died. Now I can live. But to really grasp it and to own it, we need to understand why he died. And as we look in Hebrews, the second chapter, we can clearly see that Jesus is more than just a man. The text points out that he was God and God came in flesh or form. We see in the text that it says that Jesus became flesh and blood. That terminology in the text points out the frailty of man. But we know that man is more than flesh and blood because of the bones and all that involved. But yet it's pointing out the frailty of man. He could have came as an angel which does not fear death. But he came in flesh in blood that will suffer death. We find out in the text that Jesus could have came as an angel, but yet he came 
lower than his creation and the same as his creation. To some of us, that doesn't hit us because we're not there. But let's put it like this. Say you have your own business you own. And since you own your own business, you don't have to do all the work everybody else does. But one day you decided that you'll be just like them. You will serve them and make them the boss and you become the servant. That's what Jesus did. He could have said, I'm higher and you should be serving me. But no, I will come lower and serve you. We're continuing on a series dealing with an able God. And look with me, can you? In Hebrews 2nd chapter, the verses 17 and 18. I'm reading from the New Living uh, Translation. And look what the Word of God says. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. You're not with me? Say hold on. Word of God says, therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before who? God. Y'all with me? Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Verse 18, since he himself has gone through suffering and testing. Uh, somebody help me out with that word. Those two, these three words. They say he is able to help us when we are being tested. Tell somebody he is able. Come on, tell me and ask it one more time. Say, he is able. As we're looking in this series that Jesus is able, he is able to what? Help us. But let's look before we get to the 18th verse. The Hebrew writer starts talking about how is Jesus able to help us. Many of you have applied for jobs and have your job, and there were some qualifications in order for you to get that job. You had to be able to meet some kind of requirements in order to hold that position. Maybe not even a job. Many of you might be in relationships and you realize there were some qualifications in order for you to be in a relationship with that person. Now, that person did not just lower their standards, but they had some standards that needed to be met. Look in the text. Let's see. First and foremost, Jesus came to be like us. First, I point out to you that we find in the text in Hebrews 2nd chapter that we see the, the quoting of Psalm 8 thing about who is God to be so mindful of us to make us just a little bit lower than the angels. But then look at what it goes on beyond that. It says that you did not just make us a little bit lower than the angels, but you gave us authority over all things. Wait a minute. We are mortal beings... Mortal means you assume to die, but yet he's giving you all authority. What is that saying? That is saying here that God made the angels as our minister servants. Woo! But yet in this time, people were worshiping angels. But the angels were servants of God for his people. That's why we say angels are watching over me. Why are they watching over? Because they're working for you. Oh, I wish I had somebody else with me here. They're watching over you because they're working for you. Why? Because God has placed them on assignment. That's why Elijah is able to say there's more for us than this against us. Why? Because I see the fiery chariot of angels around us. 
That's why Jesus was tempted by the angels while he was in the wilderness, while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, because the angels show us that they tend to God's people. God has given us authority, but look at here, look at here, yet we have not seen full authority yet. And because we have not seen full authority yet, our authority has been limited because of our falling state. Yes, God was mindful of man, but man was not always mindful of God. We get caught up in our lives when we think how good we are. We think how great we are. We can tell everybody, look at my house, look at my car, look at my job, look at my paycheck, look at my success, look at my resume, look at my books. I have written the songs I have sang. Look at this, look at that. And you get so built up about yourself, you forget who made you. You come back to your and say, who am I that God was mindful of me to make me just a little bit lower? Tell somebody just a little bit lower. Just a little bit lower than the angels, uh, but he gave me authority. Look what he did when he made Adam. He made Adam. He made Adam. He made Adam. He made Adam and said, you are over the earth. He said, take care of all that I give you. Name them by name. It's amazing how we can get caught up with the authority that God has given us, that we get so caught up, we forget whose instructions we are following, and we start following our own instructions. That's why the Hebrew opens up, says, how is it in the Old Testament, in the old times, uh, when God gave his covenant, there was just judgment. How can we now escape the salvation that is present now? In the standpoint of this, that he given us this law that we were never able to keep, how much more now that he has made it manifest in Jesus, whom we did sign, whom we did see crucified, whom we did see rise again, how much more will he punish us for rejecting his own son? Did he not pull out those children of his from Egypt and pewing them children that he pulled out from Egypt, then making it to the promised land because they rejected his covenant. Have we not seen Saul, who was chosen by God, but due to his disobedience was judged by God? Even Moses, yes, he was faithful, but at one moment in time he rejected and he was punished. How much more will we escape? Now that Jesus has died, rose again, see at the right hand of the Father, how much more will we escape punishment and judgment for rejecting his word? Am I talking to somebody here? Talk to me if you please. Think about how God has called us to be faithful. We have become more unfaithful than faithful. God tells us how we should not lie, but we find ways to excuse our lies. We gossip and say we're not gossiping because we're talking about the truth. We say it's all right because I'm not going to see nobody. It's just you and me. So it's okay for us to do what we do. Got some kids in here, but y'all grow for y'all know what I'm talking about. We live in a world that we make up our own rules and, and, and ideas and commandments that we go by, but we don't go by what God has set. That's why I'm glad we serve a God who is able. He's able to fix some mess in our lives. <laughs> he's, able to confuse, he's able to fix some confused children and get them right. Because look what Jesus does in verse 9 through 13. We see here that Jesus claims us as his own. Isn't that something? 
He says that I will proclaim your name, God. I will proclaim it to your people. And Lord, I will put my trust in them as I place them in me, as I place me before you. Now, that was a whole bunch of things there. And this is when I started thinking about that toy. Uh, as a child, you had those toys. You had one inside of one, one inside of one. And you kept on putting, you, could, you got, it got smaller and smaller and went from bigger to bigger. And, and you are that small one. And that small one gets bigger as it gets placed into another one. As it gets placed into another one. And it gets back to where it started from to see how big it really is. And the same situation, apart from where we started from, that's how small we are. But when we put ourselves in God, then we start seeing how big we can get. We are small on our own and all by ourselves. But when we place ourselves in God, says, I'll take you to this level. All right. You ready for the next level? All right. You ready for this level? Are you ready? You're about to go to a higher level. That's what God does in our lives when we just hold on to God's unchanging hand. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. When we are connected to the vine, then we are able to see how much fruit we truly can bear. When we realize that I'll place your word in my heart, God, so I will not sin against you, we see how righteous we truly can live. When, when we truly walk by faith and not by sight, we truly can see some new things in our lives. That's why Jesus says, Lord, I, I came to be like them. I, I came to be like them so much so that he said he, he, had, he had to put, call out them. He says, you, you, you. He also said, I will put my trust in them, verse 13. That is, I and the children of God has given me, verse 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as human being could he die. And only, be, only by dying could he, be, could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Jesus came to be like man so that Jesus could suffer for man. First, I point out to you, Jesus came to be like man. Secondly, why? So he could suffer for man. Why did Jesus suffer for man? Jesus suffered for man so he could be the victor for man. Jesus, the protagonist, the devil, the antagonist. Jesus, the hero, the devil, the enemy. And see here, Jesus came to set us free. In this time of the writing of Hebrew is more, is more known than what it is now of the story of Hercules. Hercules was known to be a, a man of sons of the God that was able to go down to Hades and defeat death. And then it became so well that it became part of the seven stories how he goes and gets the Dwight's dog. Of the of of the of the of Hades of the gate of hell and defeat him. Hercules' story is known how he does that, and when he does that, he sets captives free. Also, in that time, when a king did win victory, he would come with a parade with those who were in prison, who had them parading behind him, those who had been set free. In the same situation, Jesus saw us subject to slavery, enslaved. Why? Because we had feared. Death. In that time, as we get those stories, what people would make a confession to the devil because they're scared of death. People sell their soul. We have those stories. They will sell their soul because they don't want to die. If I can live forever. We even have modern TVs and cartoons about that now, about these comic book heroes and superheroes who do not die and they're between heaven and hell because they sold their souls to the devil in order to live on. This is even modern today. We have some people that will give up anything just for life. Because they're scared of death. But Jesus came to let us know 
that perfect love casts out all fear. Jesus came to let us know that love never fails. Jesus came to say, for God so loved the world that he gave. Because why? So if you believe in him, you shall not. Oh, am I with anybody here? Did I lose somebody? Did I lose somebody? That you shall not perish but have an everlasting life. So there's no need to fear death when you know Jesus. Jesus said when he was at the grave of Lazarus, when he was crying for Lazarus, looking at Mary and Martha, and he said, though he believe any man who believeth in me, though he die, yet he shall live. You see here, we have a promise of eternal life through the one who came to be like us to die for us. And he came so that the devil who think he has power and authority over us, God showed him through Jesus that you have no power over my people whom I have set free. That's why we can truly say who the Son sets free is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'm so glad. That God is a deliverer. And we see here that when God, that Jesus delivers God's people, he talks about in verse 13 how he brings them before God. He said, I will come before you, God, with the people you have entrusted me in. And I'm doing this because I had to be like them. I had to become flesh and blood. Verse 16, we also know that the Son did not come to help angels. Yes, that is so true. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. I want you to grab this. Grab this. If you write this down, if you don't write anything else down, about the descendants of Abraham. This is pointing back to the covenant of God. This is pointing out that God never forgets his word. This points back that God will complete what he says no matter what you do. This is pointing out that God knows exactly what he wants to do. The seed of Abraham, the children of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham points back to God's covenant with Abraham. Pointing out that God said, I will make you my people and I will be your God. And there's a qualification in being God's people was obedience. And the thing is, is, as much as we have been disobedient, God has been obedient to his promise. Do you guess that? We have done everything but worship him and serve him. But yet he has done everything to save you. You have done everything to break his laws. He's done everything to call you back home. You have done everything to destroy your life and break it down, but he has done everything to save your life. We see it here that Jesus says, I see your seed. That's why we can truly get excited and say, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. That's where that word comes from right there, where the descendants of Abraham literally says the seed of Abraham. That means the seed is basically representing your offspring, your children, and we are now part of it. That's why as a child, I got excited singing that song. Besides, I got a chance to dance in the church. But Father Abraham has many sons, and many sons has Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise. I love turn around, turn around. You know, just love doing that. Well, yeah, we should be excited to realize that Father Abraham has many sons. 
and, and look at when the word of son, yes, it may be gender specific, but yet t- technically in the Greek and the word it means just offspring. And so it means sons and daughters. So I'm so glad that I have been engrafted into the family of Abraham. Because when I'm engrafted in the family of Abraham, I become a part of that covenant. And I become a part of that covenant. It brings me in the body of Christ. And when I'm in the body of Christ, I'm able to be standing but boldly before the throne of grace. All because he died. Y'all pushing me, but I'm going to take my time. Hold on now. Look how Jesus suffered. He defeated death. Death was our greatest enemy. And we see that when Paul says, uh, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brother, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Paul writes that to the church of Corinth. We see that in the 15th chapter that he's pointing out that Jesus, tell somebody, Jesus is my victor. Or some of y'all need to say that with a more attitude. Tell them, Jesus is my victor. Because when I think about victor, I I, I think about this. I I one day want to see the Cubs win the World Series. But catch this. I might not ever see that. But there's one thing I'm guaranteed to see. Oh, I, I, I think I, 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 I might pick you up along the way. I might pick you up along the way. Because we clearly see here in the text that Jesus suffered in order to be perfected. He suffered in order to be perfected. And how did he suffer? He suffered as man. How did he suffer as man? It says that he too was tested. Look here in the text. I'm going to pick back up where I left over the cubs. Y'all don't get with me. Look here in the text. We see verses 17 to 18. It says, therefore it was necessary. Tell somebody it was necessary. Tell somebody it was needed. Tell somebody it had to happen. There was no other way. Help me preach this thing. He said it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us. He did not come as an angel. He did not come as a turtle dove. He did not come as an ox. He did not come as a true lamb as we know it, but he came as man, whom we call the Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah, the bright and the morning star. But he came fully as man. What does that mean? That means he fully suffered. Why did he suffer? Because there was no other way. He had to. And when you look at it, we get sometimes come to say he didn't have to. But how much, how much he loved us, he had to. 
You catch that? That he did not have to, but because he loved us, he was obligated, he owed it to us to die for us. And for him to owe it to us and it was obligated to us, he had to come like us. In order for him to come like us, he became our high priest. To us, that doesn't mean too much to be a high priest. But back then, in the Romans' time, they knew what it meant to be a high priest. The high priest was their representative. The high priest in the Hebrew times was the one that represented them before God. They understood how the high priest was the single spokesperson that spoke for them on their behalf. The high priest was the one that could only prepare the sacrifice. The high priest was the only one that could prepare the sacrifice. I'm missing some people. I'm going to say it again. The high priest was the only one who could prepare the sacrifice. The word in the King James and the New International has atonement or propitiation. That word is not a noun. It's a verb. It is action being done. What is the action being done? Something that is owed had to be paid. And since Jesus loved us so much, he owed it to us to pay the debt. Am I talking to somebody here? He loved us so much, he owed it to us to pay the debt. What debt, Jesus, did you pay? Oh, that debt you owe to me. What debt do I owe you? Uh, Did it not open up saying how I am just and punishing you? Remember that lie. You said it was just a white lie. Well, yeah, white lie, I still died for. What about you being unfaithful where I did not get caught, but that's all right. I still was whipped for that. What about that stealing? You did not get cast for that either, but I got caught and they beat me all night long for that. Do you see here that he had to, because he loved you, that he had to pay what you owe because you could not pay it. Because he who was tempted knew not sin, but became sin for us who are some ungrateful sinners. That's why we should always cry when we sing Amazing Grace. That saved a wretch like me. If you look up that word wretch, You're going to find some other adjectives that you won't call yourself. Uh, Ungrateful, unappreciative, uh, unable to help yourself. Uh, That's why the writer does put wretch, because that's too many bad names to call yourself. But I'm so glad he saved a wretch uh, like me. And when I think about that, I think I have the victory when I walk here on earth, because I think how good I am. But then I understand that I cannot defeat death. I cannot overcome sin. But he who became sin defeated death and defeated the grave and sin. And as I said before, that I want to see my cubs win. But that's not promised to me. I may not see them in victory. My man, favorite player may not be my victor. But I do understand that there is a victor in my life. And he already has the victory. Because he already defeated the enemy. Way back on Calvary. 
And when I think about my victory by my victor way back on Calvary, I start thinking how I need to be walking in victory now. But it's so hard to walk in victory in a world full of defeat. I feel sometimes it's like the Cubs. I win just to lose. <laughs> Everybody comes to the ballpark and watch the game, but the result is not always the same. Sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. But each and every day I got a hope that one day they're going to win again. And when I think about those Cubs, uh, I look at their record, uh, and their record doesn't speak too good for them. And so I found out uh, I should not place all my hope uh, in something like that. But when I look at God's Word, uh, and I look at His record, uh, I can see uh, He wins uh, every time. Every time He gets up on the field. Victory is all He gets uh, he is never defeated. He is never knocked down. He is truly the victor. And since he's my victor, I have the victory. And since I have the victory, I can shout right now anticipation of being over in glory. I may not be in the parade on this side, but when he shows up, I will be risen up with him. And so when I think about this, uh, Jesus came to be like me. Jesus came to suffer for me. Jesus came to redeem me. Do you grab that? Do you see that? That it says that he is able. 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 Let's walk through the record. He is able to pull out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fiery furnace. He is able to pull Daniel out of the lion's den. He is able to make the children walk on dry land through the Red Sea. He is able to do above and beyond what we can ask or think. Now, to the one who is able to keep us from falling. He is able to help you while you're going through what you're going through. I may not know everything, but I do know you're going to go through some problems in your life. You're going to go through some tests and some trials and some tribulations, but you have one, a witness that's gone through what you've gone through. What you mean he's gone through what I've gone through? I'm trying to tell you he was made like you. He was tested, but he overcame. If he can overcome... Oh, am I talking to somebody? If he can overcome... Am I talking to somebody? If he can overcome, oh, if he is able, I know I'm able. If he is able. If he, if he, if he, if he, is able. I know. 
I know. I know that I am able. How is it that I'm able? Because he died for me. He died for me because he wants to be with me. He wants to be with me so much he died for me. But I'm so glad. I'm so glad. That's not how the story is. Because he rose from the grave. He appeared to the disciples. He ascended into heaven. And is seated at the right hand of the Father. And you flip on in your Bible, Hebrews 4, chapter, you'll see that now because he's before God. I now can boldly, boldly, boldly come. Just come. Just come. Just come to God. Because my high priest paid my debt. He paid my entry fee. <laughs> he paid my ticket price. He paid my mortgage note. And God sealed it with his Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. What does that mean? That God's going to get back what he gave. He's going to call us back home. All because he died. And since he died, since he suffered to be perfected, to defeat death, to defeat sin, to defeat the enemy, he is now able. He is now able to help us. Don't walk around with your head bowed down. You have the victory because Jesus is our victor who defeated death. Don't walk around saying, how am I going to pay my bills? And say, Jesus is my victory. Don't walk around running around, how am I going to make it tomorrow? Say, Jesus made today. I made it today. Tomorrow got his own problems. Take care of yourself today. Say, Lord, uh, I put my trust uh, in you. I know what the doctor said, but let me hear what you said. You said, I'm going to make it? Well, I'm going to make it. How am I going to make it? The doctor said, I'm going to die. Uh, but then I not tell you, those who know me, though they may die, yet they shall live. So the next time you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you how long you got to live, tell him I'm living forever, forever, forever. How you know? Because of my God told me, uh, you want to tell me what I can't do, but my God, who is able, has told me that in his house are rooms of many mansions. I'm trying to leave you alone, but I'm just so glad my soul got happy. Good day now, children. Man, the Lord bless you real good. But on my way home, I don't know what you're about to do, but on my way home, I'm going to tell everybody and anybody that I'm living Forever. I don't need no fountain of youth. I'm living forever. I don't need those vitamins. I'm living forever. I don't need all that other stuff. I'm living forever. Because I'm holding on. I'm holding on to the bread of life. The living water. That's all I need. God will take care of the rest. He suffered and was perfected to become our perfect, trustful, faithful, high priest, able to present our sacrifice. He became our sacrifice. Not only was he our high priest, he was also our sacrifice to pay the price for our sins. All 
our sins. All our sins. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I, I got to remind myself all my sins. I'm so glad that his grace is sufficient because I don't know what tomorrow may hold. But I know today I need everything that he's given me. And Lord, I need to trust you with all that I have. And so wherever you are, just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is your high priest who died to set you free so that you can now walk in liberty in the promise of our God being held together through the blood of Jesus Christ, our resurrected Lord and Savior. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we come to you right now. Lord, there's someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Father, we extend our hands to them right now to pray with them as they pray for themselves, God. Your Bible says, Lord, if they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that you are Lord, they shall be saved. And God, we thank you that you are God all by yourself and that Jesus did die on the cross for our sins and rose again from the grave to defeat death. Right now, Lord, I confess and believe in my heart that you are Lord. I welcome you in my heart to be my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. So every head bowed, every eyes closed, you pray that prayer for the first time. You pray that prayer for the first time. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. No one's look above me. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. God sees you where you are. He sees you where you are. He's calling out to you, my daughter, my son. Just place your hand in his hand. Surrender to him right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy. We thank you for accepting us into your family because we have accepted your son as our Lord and and our Savior. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. Let all God's people say amen. Amen, amen. May we stand and extend the hand of discipleship.